Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And I've been posting all week because, you know, when you meet someone who is like-minded, has a kindred spirit, is passionate and skilled in very similar things to yourself, you immediately are like, okay, you absolutely have to have a flip side conversation with them. <laughs> so I am bringing in Sasha Lalit. She is an expert of many things, but we're going to try and hone it into only 55 minutes. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about her. She is CEO and founder of Meta Viable Solutions, an outsourced fractional COO and business consulting firm. And she's also owner of Sasha L. Jewels, which is a chic, fresh, eclectic, handmade online boutique. I know, I know you want all the info. We've got it covered. Sasha is a visionary, positive change agent, thought leader, game changer, author, creative, entrepreneur, and innovator. I told you she has many gifts. She helps leaders and businesses during times of change, growth, and transition with a focus on sustainability, change management, and turnaround management, scalability, and profitability. Sasha was recently awarded and featured in LA Style Magazine's 2023 Most Influential Industry Leaders. We met at the women's, the Ignite Women's Summit with uh, Nikki Walker. And from that moment, um, we, my girlfriend and I bought Striking Business Gold. We have attended the mastermind and now she has graced us coming here on the flip side. As I met, as I mentioned, she is the co-author with Melanie Cunningham of Striking Business Gold build, scale, profit your success. She has a master's in public administration with a focus on health policy and management from NYU and a bachelor's degree in child development and community health from Tufts University. She also holds multiple global, globally recognized certifications as a project management professional, a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt expert in process improvement, and a modern certified classroom trainer, MCCT. Sasha applies her expertise when working with others with the belief that individual change impacts the whole. When we know better, we do better. Welcome to the show, Sasha Lali. Thank you, Dr. Virdra. It is so wonderful for us to start this conversation. I know there are so many layers to 
this discussion Mm -hmm. that we've kind of gone back and forth around where to start, how to get to everything. But I think starting from a common place, a common place of passion, Mm -hmm. we both serve leaders. Um, Living Strong does leadership development along with team development. You have a purposeful leadership, entire program. I would love for us to first start off with you defining what is purposeful leadership? Absolutely. So thank you for having me on the show. So I would first like to say that we're all leaders, right? Mm-hmm. We're all leaders in in our space. Yeah. And we always say we're the CEO of our life. So we are leaders in our lives and we are leaders, not just in business, but also in our communities, within our families, right? As parents, in faith-based organizations and different organizations. So leadership in that context, I think we're all leaders in our own purpose. Mm-hmm. And purposeful leadership, I'm passionate about it and defining it because I think we're always evolving as leaders. Mm-hmm. And it involves being bold, being a disruptor, sometimes going against the grain and yes. and resistance, right? And it requires innovation sometimes. But being a purposeful leader is really about inspiring others to be their best self yes. and also helping them to create a culture of growth and positivity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times as a purposeful leader, you're creating a vision that you want others to believe in. Right. And in doing that, you're working with them and you're leading them so that they're working in collaboration and in teamwork to help you achieve some sort of of success. Mm -hmm. And when I think of purposeful leadership, I kind of think of it in five pillars and you have to be intentional when you're leading. And the first is being clear about your purpose as an individual. Mm -hmm. Who are you? How do you show up in this world? What are your beliefs? what your values, because you need to be in alignment. You also have to be clear about who you serve as a leader. Mm. Be clear about what is your role as a leader, Mm -hmm. right? Be a value-driven leader. Mm. How do you actually add value? It's not about I'm the boss, right? It's Mm -hmm. not about power trips and ego. And you have to be your authentic self, right? How do you show up authentically? You have to lead by example. You can't be saying one thing and doing something else, right? You have to be by your words. So that's kind of how I picture that framework of purposeful leadership. And as we go through our walk in life, you you grow and you notice what is my calling and how do I fall into that? And how do you also not just develop yourself, but how do you develop others? How do you identify their gifts and help them to cultivate that? And I think that's very important. Well, the very first pillar in really tapping into setting intention around who you want to be, who are you, absolutely connects with our entire January conversation Mm -hmm. and being able to first establish that and unapologetically say it, define it, sit with it, walk through it so that when things happen, you remember who you said you were going to be, even in the face of adversity. And so I think about how, how if I'm a leader and I've just heard those five pillars, but I'm struggling, 
I'm feeling exhausted, my budgets have been cut, and I'm actually beginning to compromise my values just out of stress. How could those five pillars in any combination begin to help me get back to a grounded place um, so that I can be more effective? That's a good question. So, and a good statement. So I believe that, yes, being rooted in yourself and being good with yourself and also being healthy is so important. Yes. So that is our mental or emotion, emotional our spiritual self, our physical self. So if you don't have your health, which I think we've all learned <laughs> through life, mm -hmm. we're unable to do everything, anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've had people sit me down, Sasha, calm down. You have to take a break. Right. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to be productive. So just learning how to sit back. Sometimes I have to put things away. It can wait till the next day. I had to learn these things. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're not in a good place and you're not going to be able to help serve others and be there for others. You're not going to be able to create a healthy atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I've worked in situations where maybe the boss is coming in screaming at everybody because they're stressed. So you have to be able to be very self-aware and tapped into who you are, how you're showing up, what do I need for myself? If I need a break, take that break. If you need a self-care day, take that self-care day. And also being surrounded by others who will encourage you to do that because a lot of times we get in our own mode, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, when you're tired, mm -hmm. then you can't do as much. And then, of course, there's always practical tools and best tools you can bring into your company and your organization. So as far as how do I sh show up as a leader and who do I how do I want to serve? Mm -hmm. So if you want to be at your best, you're also empowering your people to do better within their organization, to do well within your organization. So you want to put in place ways to be able to delegate. You also want to be able to identify what are the talents are in my team that I can maybe give somebody else uh, this, this job to do or this role to do, or how can I train them to do this type of role? So there are ways to not take on everything yourself. There are ways to ask for help. I had to learn the past few years how to ask for help because sometimes you're always the go-to person. You're the reliable person. I had become that person. Mm -hmm. And you have to have boundaries. You have to know when to say enough is enough or you know, here's where I can ask for some help. Or maybe somebody else has a better way to do this. Let me ask them how to do it. And so surrounding yourself with other leaders or others who will also give you advice on how to do those things. That's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to develop and be better and be healthier. So you're also cultivating that around you. The ability to recognize you do not have to control everything mm -hmm. for things to get done right. allows you to also begin to prune off and release some things that actually prop may not um, necessarily be the thing that you need to continue to do in this season for you to be able to accelerate and grow. And so what needs to be eliminated? What do you need to delegate to others? And also a piece that I just had a conversation with someone, what needs to become automated so that you're not constantly having to have your hand on it? Mm -hmm. What what Where is there an app for that? that you don't have to be exhausted by being the person who's navigating and having your hand in everything. Right. Wow. So when you think about this um, 
concept of purposeful leadership, how does that connect with the work that you do and how you hope to impact um, just the planet, add value to the planet? So the way that I think of ourselves, so the way that when I'm tapping into these five pillars Mm -hmm. that we spoke about, when I get to how do I serve as a leader and what is my role as a leader, I look at myself and as many do as it's bigger than us. Like this, my reason for being here is to inspire, is to teach, is to uh, really move. Leadership is like a movement, mm-hmm. right? It's not just showing up and saying, I'm the leader. It's you're going to naturally have people follow you. You're going to, there's been times that people have come to me years later, even though I was going through things, I didn't realize I had positively impacted their life in such a powerful way. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, wow, people are watching. Wow, people are mm-hmm. being affected by mm-hmm. how I move. And when you realize things are bigger than you, uh, you're just more cognizant. Hopefully you'll take it as, I have to be more cognizant of how I show up and how I lead. So I think of part of being a purposeful leader is being a transformative leader. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about, wow, I'm going through all this transformation within. We're always going through all these changes within a context of something bigger, mm-hmm. right? This mm-hmm. is kind of where my child development and, and that healthcare <laughs> background comes in is that we operate within a larger context of ourselves, right? Our behavior, everything. So whether we're in, within our, whatever role we serve in our family, whatever role we serve in our organization or in our community or in poli- whatever it is, we're moving within a larger ecosystem than ourselves. So while we're going through these changes, there's also all these changes happening around us. So this is why I always say individual behavior impacts the whole. And that's how I work with others as a transformative leader. It's understanding that you are transforming within yourself, but you're also a part of a bigger context of all these other individuals going through similar situations as you. And then you're in this world where all this change is constantly happening, or you're in a company where all these changes are happening. And it's important to understand that, you know, having that transformation happen is you have to have some sort of strategy of how you're going to approach things. You have to have a good pulse of what's going on in your company, but also what's going on with your people. And your people are one of your biggest resources. How do you invest in your people? Because that's going to be part of the growth for them individually and also within the organization. That's going to ultimately help your organization thrive. If you have people coming in and out of your business, that's saying that there's something unhealthy happening within, right? Yeah. So when we say being a transformative leader or thinking about strategic transformation, I have had to go into companies and strategically change mindsets growth mindset, get people working together. It's been, you know, maybe a toxic culture that was cultivated prior to me coming in, getting people to share work, getting people to collaborate on projects, to share knowledge, to share wisdom. So Sasha, because you just hit a nerve, I know somebody, (laughs) I know several leaders right now who are struggling with that very thing. Mm -hmm. And it may not even be something that they themselves created or it's a result, they may have inherited it. It may be a larger organizational Mm -hmm. shift that has caused this 
toxicity within a team. So now I want you, will you please <laughs> lean in and give us just one nugget of the secret sauce. When you are in that situation, mm-hmm. how are you coaching leaders to begin navigating out of that, to create that turn? I know some people are sitting on the end of their seat right now. What is the secret sauce? Like, what do you do in those moments? So it's about connecting with people. I mean, people are part of the change. That's the individual behavior impacts the whole. So you have to first assess what's going on that people are working this way mm-hmm. and what's also going on individually with others. And in order for you to be successful as a leader or whatever position you're in, it's also giving people the tools and the resources that they need to succeed. They have to be in a supportive environment. They have to feel that they're also supported um, as they have to feel supported by you as a leader, right? And so you enter an environment where there's this, all this distrust, you have to rebuild trust. So the way that I've worked with others is getting to know people, getting to know their strengths, getting to know where are they falling flat, process and all the other technical stuff Mm -hmm. we get into what's happening in the work, but also setting, helping to set goals that also Mm -hmm. align with where we're trying to go for the vision of the company, right? And my biggest secret sauce is getting people involved in the process. So when we talked at the beginning, we spoke about you create a vision and you are getting others to be a part of that vision and to believe in that vision. I have had such resistance working in change management, working in organizational management. I've worked with physicians who are some of the hardest people (laughs) to work with. I know the right way. This is the way to do it. But when you start explaining to people what part they play in the whole and how they fit into, this is Yes, you guys are all working in silos, but this is how you all need to work together. This is how this feeds into this, this feeds mm-hmm. into that, right? When you're working, for instance, in different types of departments, when people understand how their part plays in the whole and you want, they feel important and they yeah. feel valued and they start to buy in, mm-hmm. you want to get people to buy into the vision. Mm-hmm. And you have to do that by making them feel valued and making them feel important, noticing where their skill sets fall, getting them to also be problem solvers within the business. You don't have to be the only problem solver in your business. I'm sure, just like myself, there's plenty of CEOs who are like, I can't even get out to get on vacation, or if I step away from the business, it's going to fall apart. That's not how it should be, right? Mm -hmm. So, You have to get others to be a part of that change Mm -hmm. and to feel empowered and to have the skills and the resources as well. But my secret sauce is you work with people to get buy-in and to be part of that process of change. Yes. The ability to actually help people see how they are a part of the bigger vision, Mm -hmm. that actually leads me into an activity that I often do with very siloed groups because, and I think I even mentioned it recently in an earlier podcast where oftentimes leaders have the vision, have the big picture, understand how all of these siloed departments are working, but they haven't actually let the people know. And so I do this activity where everyone is given puzzle pieces 
but no one has the top of the box except for the CEO standing on the other side of the room. I love that. And she or he is holding the top of the box and watches as people are scrambling to try and get all of these pieces. They begin to bicker. They begin to... Um, that scarcity, like, oh, you're taking our pee. It all begins to play out. And I go over and I say, you never gave them the top of the box. And so now they're trying to guess. They're trying to figure out what this Mm -hmm. is. And so that simple move, as you shared, like let people understand how they fit in the puzzle. Absolutely. And it doesn't, you don't have to be the only one. Begin to figure out who's going to be on the leadership team that also does the complimenting, that also sends the affirmation, that also asks the different question Mm -hmm. that allows the shift in the culture to not just rest on one person. Yes. Oh, I love that exercise. That's fantastic. It it is. It And every time we do it, uh, and I position a CEO and that they, you can see the light bulb go off mm-hmm. as they're holding the top of this box, watching their people scramble all over these puzzle pieces. Yeah. I'm like, this is what's happening every day in your business. They don't understand mm-hmm. what, That's what a great where we're going. Yes. And can I add something? Yes. So please. the example that you're talking about is very much about transparency. Mm. And as leaders, I always stress transparency and accountability Mm -hmm. as a leader and also within each of our roles, even within a company or whatever we do. How do we take responsibility and how do we um, also share what it is that we're trying to accomplish? And a lot of times I also have leaders say, I have no idea what's happening at the ground level. Things aren't getting done. That means there's a lack of transparency. And then on the flip side, on the flip side is the example you just explained where sometimes the teams don't know what it is the leaders want. And so we run into this problem, right? Mm -hmm. We run into this issue. And so having transparency and knowing what level of transparency you should have with those within your company, that's going to get people to buy in. Mm -hmm. And then the other secret sauce I'm going to add is that problem-solving piece. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times no one knows their job better than maybe they know it, right? (laughs) And I'll give you an example. I worked at a practice and I had all the nurses coming to me and they said, Sasha, you know, I, I can't, there's all this stuff happening with the patients and what have you. And, you know, what do we do? What do we do? And I wanted to make them the problem solvers. Part of being leaders is to let others solve. Mm -hmm. I -hmm. think we're in a world now where everything is given to you and we're losing that problem solving. So I said, as a team, since you guys know, I'm not a nurse, since you guys know your job better than I do, why don't you get together and you um, put together some possible solutions and then we'll have a meeting and then we'll bring our ideas to the table. Mm-hmm. And then they were empowered. They were empowered to be part of the change, to be part of how the company was doing things versus as a leader, me just telling them what to do, mm-hmm. right? So part of the secret sauce is being setting up a culture in an environment where you can have your different talents, you can have your different teams around the table and everyone's able to give feedback, mm-hmm. right? And also able to give ideas mm-hmm. on how to do things better. Because we can't do everything. We don't see everything going on yeah. as the leader of our company, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think the 
ability to be a leader mm -hmm. that is able to see the people, not just the jobs, right. and begin to speak to the people, be honest and open, transparent, mm -hmm. as you said, with people, because it, as you said, they're they're the greatest assets. So mm -hmm. if you're more focused on the work and not the people, then people get stressed out and feel unseen and less value. Right. And they will move on to somewhere else still looking for the same thing. We have about three minutes left before our first break. And I'm curious, as you... Um, have begun to really work through your pillars and both holding space for the purposeful leader as well as understanding the transformative leader. What has been your journey as you have personally gotten to a place mm -hmm. where you're now training, supporting, and coaching people with this practice? Did you always know this? No, <laughs> no, this has been, I, I'm still work, walking in my journey and being called to do certain things, things that have been put in my spirit. And I, part of leadership is being uncomfortable and um, outside, is, right yes, there. and stepping outside your comfort zone. I had gone through challenges in my career, uh, multiple, I've, I worked in very, positive environments, mm -hmm. but I also worked in toxic cultures. And what it taught me, while all of this was happening, and as I look back, I say to myself, I was saying to myself, why did I go through all of this? Mm -hmm. You know, and like you said, all of us have different qualifications and we know how much we put into our jobs. And I realized that I was being shown different things and I learned a lot. So I was noticing what did I learn about myself in this process and what did I learn about leadership? And so my my story is I was noticing that I needed to be in a in a environment where I also was thriving, where I also had support, where I also needed leadership to support me. Um, I had been in environments where I wasn't given credit for my work. I think it's important as a leader to be to give credit to your team, yes. right? And yes. that's how you also help to elevate them, not to feel threatened when you see other gifts in others. Yes. How do you cultivate that? How do you develop that? I had worked in companies where it was so stifling. You would be in the meetings with the CEO and he didn't want you to speak. Mm. And I need to be in an environment where, and you should lead in such an environment where you have, like we just spoke about, everyone bring their ideas to the table mm -hmm. and saying, hey, we're having an issue with this. How do we fix this? Mm -hmm. Right? So, but I also noticed other things happening as far as how that toxicity was affecting employees, how it was affecting all of us when there was a change in leadership, what was going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I learned a lot about myself as far as this is great. I was giving all of this as, as a leader, but what did I need as a leader? Uh, sorry, as, mm -hmm. a, as someone working in a company. Yes. And so by getting all these nuggets and learning all of these different aspects, I'm able to also help others right now, whether it's coaching within their organization, looking from the outside in, I can see certain things happening. And it's good to have that outside perspective, yes. right? So all those challenges, I learned what kind of leader I wanted to be and what kind of leader I did not want to be, yes. right? And performance, I went from having a 
stellar media performance one year mm-hmm. to at the end of the year, I was told I didn't know, know how to do anything. Wow. And that's when I knew something was going on within mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not how to lead, right? Putting personal differences aside, that's not how to lead. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I've learned from my experience and my journey. That's how wow. I got here. And, I, and I've taken that, that's part of my testimony and how can I now help others within their organizations. There's, there's so much meat in what you just said. The first thing that took me back was you started off with, within this cycle of why did that this happen to me, Mm -hmm. which oftentimes is not fruitful. It actually gets you ruminating and can get you stuck. Right. So after there, you began to really think about what, what did I learn? And you then turn that into what kind of leader, what kind of space, environment Mm -hmm. do you need? But also, as I listen now, you're able to help organizations, companies, businesses to be the leader you needed during that season. Right. And so you've literally been able to take all of the flips and land in a place where you're now adding value from a place that was painful. Right. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I y'all I have so much I have so many additional questions because as I shared at the top of the hour, she has more than one company. I'm telling you, she's she's an author, she has a coaching business, she leads, she has training modules, <laughs> she also has a jewelry line, I tell you. <laughs> So if you want to check out, where can they find the jewelry? The jewelry is at SashaLJewels.com. SashaLJewels.com. And guess what? She has a special gift for you, the listener. You use the customer code SLJTRIBE and you'll get 10% off. (laughs) You'll thank me later. (laughs) We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Hello and welcome back. We have been having a powerful conversation with Sasha Lalit. She has been guiding us through her five pillars of purposeful leadership. She's unpacked the power of transformation, transformational leadership. She's held us accountable for being transparent and actually working to see our staff, those who are doing the work, mm-hmm. But how do we actually foster relationship, connection, and create an environment where people feel valued and a part of a bigger picture? Right. So let's get into the the business itself. So the name of your company is Meta Viable Solutions. So tell us about the company. Tell us about the business. Um, and and how do you hope to add value? through the company. Thanks, absolutely. So Meta Viable Solutions, that name just came to me and it means higher perspective, sustainable solutions. Mm. And a lot of it is how do we take ourselves out of the picture and look at what's going on so that we're looking at our future goals, the future state we want our company to be in and not just the current state. So a lot of the work that I do is helping businesses during times of change, growth, and transition, as we're talking about transformative leadership. And, right? and, and everyone is going through one of one right. or a combination of those. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. So I have always, I've been more recently involved in strategic operations and also cultural improvements within uh, businesses. And because of the experience I just shared with you, I decided, let me try to do this now from the outside in. You know, I've worked in companies where they bring in consultants and what have you. And I said, you know, let me work as an outsourced or a fractional COO where I could be the right hand to the CEO, the overwhelmed CEO. Mm. And what they can do is they can, it's kind of like having a more affordable solution than having a full-time, a a full-time executive suite. Right. Because sometimes companies have that full-time C-suite and they're not really getting things done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something that they call kind of like hoovering or people that are just in roles to just fulfill the roles or wow. what they're just keeping what's comfortable and what's happening in the, com- in the company. And that's actually holding the company back because as we know, we're w- working in a world that's constantly changing. We have to respond to what's going on in the market and what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And that involves change. Yeah. So you should have and be open to that change. So as a fractional COO, I can come in and work with you at least one day a week and uh, really serve as your right hand and help you with an outside perspective with your operations, helping you to build a sustainable business that's gonna be able to thrive. And a lot of the work I also do is on capacity building. So how, looking at what you have now, how are we building for the future state of your business? And so the little equation I have is, strategy, structure, 
uh, systems and empowerment equals sustainability. And say that again. (laughs) Strategy, structure, systems plus empowerment equals sustainability. Oh, I love that. Yes. So the the strategy is what is our plan? What is our game plan? Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about that in the book and in the work that you and I have done together as well, right? Yes. Uh, the structure is your infrastructure. That part of that are your people, mm-hmm. right? So what what is the organizational structure look like? Do people know their roles? Are there clear roles? How, how do they know how to work together, right? Mm-hmm. That's one piece. Then as far as uh, systems, that's kind of what we were talking about before. So how do we build efficiencies and effectiveness within the business? And I'm a, I'm a process expert, I, I, like you mentioned before. So I like to build those efficiencies in. And part of being a good leader is, let's say you're the CEO and you're only the only person in your business. When it's time to delegate, no one can read your mind, like the puzzle pieces, right? Yes. Like nobody can read your mind as far as what the puzzle is supposed to look like. And so it's important for the leader or the CEO to do that data dump, to show like, this is actually my method of doing things so that I can bring someone in and train them on how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's how you begin to delegate. Yes. So whether you're a one person team or like a thousand people in a company, process will help you to succeed. So I want you to pause right there because I don't want people to miss the jewel you just gave because oftentimes I think when people think about delegating, Mm -hmm. they think about, let me give that person this task so I don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. But you just said something slightly different. You said... Let me teach you the process of how I do it so that you can begin to understand the process, the system, the approach so that I no longer have to. And and based on what you shared earlier, if the person learns that process and they begin to tweak it to Mm -hmm. fit fit them, that's great. But you didn't just dump a task. You actually empowered Mm -hmm. with a process. It's no longer on your plate. And now they understand the full picture, not just the end product or not just the test. They understand the vision. I love yes. you just transformed <laughs> the whole definition of delegation. Right. Like nobody can, n- nobody moving forward on my coaching slate <laughs> could just talk about giving somebody right. else a task. It's not about the task. It's about teaching them how you do it so they can figure out right. how it works for them. Right. And training, training is part of investing. That's yes. that's empowering your teams. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it that it's so key. It's so yes. key. So I threw my interpretation of empowerment in there, but you said plus empowerment. Tell us unpack that part of the equation for us a little bit more. So empowerment, so that could be Training is one piece, mm-hmm. right? Um, not just, I'll, I'm going to give you an example because it's yes. just on top of mind. So even when I was working in bigger corporations, I would be sitting with teams and they're like, why are they hiring these consultants? They just come in here and they're just packaging our knowledge in a pretty PowerPoint. And we have all the knowledge sitting here. That is rubbing employees the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're most, like we said, the valuable resources are right there in your company. So unpack your resources right there. Get your teams working together. Get them part of the training. Get, in, get them part of um, doing that data dump, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's part of empowerment. Um, other ways I've worked with companies is performance, performance reviews. And so when I work with companies, I don't use a one-size-fits-all model. There's all types mm-hmm. of, of 
systems out there. But I think it's important to do something that fits your culture as far as, because that's why it's important as a company to also know your vision, your mission, all of those things. So you're getting the right people to come align and work with you, but you're also cultivating better performance in the company. So Mm -hmm. I've put together uh, performance management and, you know, performance reviews with with employees and with businesses, Mm -hmm. right? Because we understand what is it that we want to measure? What are the key performance things that we want to measure within our business? But part of tapping into into that is the empowerment piece is what we talked about earlier, is um, how do we tap into our people? What's important for your people to grow in the company and to contribute to the company? Because that's part of their performance. That's part of their performance review. And that's showing them that you value them. So that's part of empowerment. There's different things that you can do, but that buy-in process, the, you know, all of those things are part of uh, strengthening yes. your, your infrastructure, right? So I'm getting ready to go rogue because you just brought up something because I do know you have a background in HR and um, and as you just talked about helping leaders understand um, performance reviews so that they do them authentically. Mm-hmm that they empower as well as validate. I I would love for you, as I throw this audible into the conversation, when we have a leader has someone who is underperforming mm-hmm. and they have tried all that they can do. And this person has been moved from this department <laughs> to this department. And now they're in this department and they still aren't performing. Right. As an HR or as a leader, what are some initial just survival or shift changing strategies, concepts, things? What are they missing? What are they doing wrong? So I don't think it's necessarily that they're doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give different sides of the, the scenario. It might not, one, it might not be the, the right environment for the employee mm-hmm. and that's okay. But that's why I also say it's important as a company and as a business to have your core values and all, all of that laid out because that's going to help you to align and get the right people in the door. Hiring is like the hardest and trickiest Yes, a thing. But right? I also think people hold on to the wrong person too long. Yes, yes. So the other thing is you really need to, to tap into that person and find mm-hmm. out what are their core skill sets, mm-hmm. how do they fit into the company. And it's very important, like we talked about transformation, we all go through things in our personal life. Mm-hmm. We go through grief, we go through loss, mm-hmm. we go through a lot of different aspects. So as a leader, Let's say, for instance, you notice someone's performance just, you know, start falling flat. Ask them, what's going on? How can I support you? At the end of the day, and I think what COVID taught us at the end of the day is we are all people, right? You have to understand. So sometimes people have gone through loss. Sometimes they're taking care of a sick loved one. Mm -hmm. Things happen in life. It's not just about the job. So we talked about giving your people, the resources and the tools they need. Ask them, how is it that I could support you? Sometimes it might not be something that you can do, Mm -hmm. but at least you know you've tried different aspects. Um, I have, (laughs) I think firing people has 
been the hardest part of my jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes people had to go. and But you have to also do it. I'm, I'm going to talk from my operations sense yes. in a compliant way. Because firing people can be costly and mm -hmm. for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a liability. And you have to do things in a compliant way where you're also tracking people's performance mm -hmm. so that when it is time to let them go, you also have backing as to why you let them go. Yes. Right? That's yes. very important. I've worked in companies where the unemployment claims were off the charts. Right. It's costly because for your business. It, right. And also it's your reputation. So when yes. people see a revolving door, you have a bad rap as a company, that's not good. So it's just important to do that. So if you also see people just bouncing and they're just not thriving, then at least you know you've you've tried mm -hmm. different avenues, mm -hmm. right? But um, I always say tap in. Mm -hmm. Tap in and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You just echoed a podcast I just listened to from um, Simon Sinek, and he was saying how oftentimes people are do their job well, and then they ele they are elevated to a leadership position, mm -hmm. and they know how to do the job, but they don't know how to lead people. Right. And so they go into that leadership position trying to lead about the job, but they lose the compassion and the empathy for the people. So every conversation is about the job and no conversation is about how are you. And as, as a leader, it's wonderful that we promote people, but do we actually teach them the difference between managing and leading mm -hmm. and recognize when you are in this position, it's no longer about you doing the work, but it actually is about how are you serving the people right. who are doing the work and your, your mind, your eye has to change and your goal has to change so that you're creating an intentional culture and climate. Right. So tell us about striking gold. I mean, there's so many things and we we only have like 10, seven <laughs> minutes. And I want to make sure we talk about the book. We talk about your modules, your training. Let's try and get okay. all of it in. Tell us a little bit about um, striking gold because I have the book. Yes, and my friend it. Esther, we are reading it together all year. Yes. Every month we're me. meeting. <laughs> she told me, you guys are accountability partners. Yes, I love that. Are. Yes, we are. <laughs> I love Every that. Month. So this is part of leadership is surrounding yourself with others who challenge you and hold you accountable. And we're growing yes. together, right? Yes. So this is part of it. So striking business gold, this was a way that Melanie Cunningham and I had to pivot during COVID. Originally, we wanted to do workshops, especially for... Uh, minority business owners and women business owners. But when COVID hit, we couldn't be um, on site doing yes. this. So we decided to write a book. So I joke that we birthed this book during COVID and it has uh, strategic tips, uh, worksheets, workbooks. It's a fun read. People who hate reading love it. And you can pace yourself. It's a lifetime resource to help entrepreneurs or current business owners to build and scale the right way. So I bring my strategic operations background and Melanie brings, she's a lawyer, so she yes. brings her legal background. And we had both transitioned from that nine to five into entrepreneurship. And we wanted to help entrepreneurs avoid the pitfalls, things that we wish we knew before. And how do we build the right way? So we bring this, we break it down. Um, so this is a great resource. So you can gift an entrepreneur and 
We actually have, I have uh, code BizBoss. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. What, you, you thought we only had a gift for <laughs> Sasha Jules. Nope. We've got a gift for the book as well. So the book is Striking Business Gold. Mm-hmm. And if you purchase it, there is a $10 off coupon, Biz, B-I-Z, Boss, B-O-S-S. Biz Boss, enter that code in and you get $10 off. I know we got all kinds of treasures, (laughs) all kinds of treasures. So if I can be honest, what struck me in the season I'm in, so I'm seven years in Mm -hmm. with Living Strong and have had a vision around expansion and multiple forms of um, income streams. Mm -hmm. And so what really struck me as I sat in the presentation by you and Melanie was, have you built the infrastructure of your business in such a way that as it gets bigger, you have all of this, all of the strength in the foundation Mm -hmm. so that as you get bigger, you don't realize, Oh, I have a crack Mm -hmm. and, and it's going to fall apart. So we have been going month each month we read a chapter and then we call each other and we hold each other accountable on um what we learned from the chapter and what we actually did Mm -hmm. not just read not just read actually do and hold one one another accountable for um evidence of having done something different uh and so that leads me into I know many people who listen and I interact with, they're also looking for different ways that they can bring in other revenue. Mm-hmm. And so you have uh, Sasha L. Jules. Mm-hmm. So how did you actually, so someone sent in a question. So how did you know um, you could actually, it was time for you to be able to launch this business, to be able to scale it, to what gave you the inkling that this was even possible? So I started Sasha L. Jules when I was still in my corporate life. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a creative. I was a writer and I like to be challenged. I like to try new things, Mm -hmm. right? As a leader, we should be lifetime learners too. So after what, an eight to 10 hour day, I would come home and I would work on the business. And by doing this, I learned how to build a small business from the ground up. And like, like we mentioned before, when we start off a business, we're doing everything. I was doing marketing. I was doing my website. Uh, I, I had to learn, step outside my comfort zone. We're doing photo shoots. I had to network with people, right? And just learn different ways uh, to maneuver in the business world. And this is how I'm also able to now share with others. But how you scale the business is you have to first have a good pulse of what's going on in your company. And then you're able to do all the things we talked about today as far yeah. as delegating and everything. So I believe that we are multifaceted and uh, society has tried to confine us. But now, especially when we move in the entrepreneurial space, we notice that we're, we're good at so many different things. So it's okay to tap into that. Because if I hadn't started that 11 or 12 years ago, I wouldn't have learned everything I, I and understand right. the challenges, right? To now help others to grow the business. So one opportunity will lead to the next. And you just never know who you'll meet along the way, yes. right? And so this... Um, 
this has been a way for me to tap into like the creative and and also even just be involved in like the fashion realm of things, right? Yes. <laughs> and so can you share one key relationship that you encountered that created a shift for the jewelry business? So like something you like, oh, I, when I did this, I actually saw a shift, a growth um, opportunity with the jewelry. Oh, I have to think about this. I know. I throw. I threw it in there. Yeah, you did. I threw it in there because um, I'm trying to think. One thing led to the other. I mean, I remember because the pic, we're we're updating our media kit now. So I remember uh, years ago, and I was I sponsored a uh, cancer fashion show. It was you okay. Know, mm-hmm. So. I was asked to have my jewelry in the show and it was throughout all of the segments. And then the jewelry only was at the end and I had to walk down (laughs) the runway. I literally ran down the runway and came back and the photographers were yelling at me, but that was part of being comfortable in my own skin, right? Mm. Like I was being pushed out. So I had met so many people there at that event. And so you just never know what who you'll meet along the way. That's why I say that. So that shifted me to also see, oh, wow, through my business, I can support and do collaborative work with others. I can give back. It's not our, the jewelry line is inspired by things that inspire me like travel. Um, I have a Caribbean background, so we love color, uh, travel, nature, spiritual things. So the way that the way that I shop and the way that I love certain things, even though I still shop too much jewelry, um, <laughs> that's how I make my jewelry. And my mother also works with me to help me make jewelry. That's that's the way we all used to get together. That was just our creative zone to go into when we needed to disconnect from things. Yeah. Right. And then so it just it taught me a lot about branding. It taught me a lot. So if there's something you're passionate about, you know, you never know where what it can become. Mm-hmm. So you just got to start somewhere. Right. And in every room create some relationships yes. because they will lead you to the next room. Yes. yes. And I have done vending shows. When I first started, I remember I was doing shows and I wouldn't even sell a piece of jewelry. I learned who was my market. But I always said that if I made just one person today mm-hmm. a good connection, then it was worth it. So that's okay. You know, it's yes. not always about the money and the yes. sales, but you never know where, where things will lead you. Oh. We have one minute. Will you tell them <laughs> how to follow you? Yes. Where can they follow you? Where can they connect with mm-hmm. you? Um, drop it for the listeners to be able to follow up after this conversation. Sure. So I think the best way to link with me is Metavi- at MetaViable Solutions. Uh, for the fractional COO and consulting. And there's a link in there that links to to everything. Uh-huh. So, and then also Sasha L. Jewels is my other account. So you'll get all the jewelry links there. And we also, we have um, executive coaching that's happening now and the Purposeful Leaders Program. So if you're interested uh-huh. in anything, you can definitely connect with me because we're working on all the things that we talked about today. Absolutely. So when, if you had burning questions, you have now the access to be able to explore it. Well, I tell you, thank you, Sasha, for another amazing conversation. Thank you you for pouring into me through both your book, your co-author book with Melanie, It's My Journey for 2024. And thank you for saying yes Yes. to being a part of our conversation. Absolutely. I wasn't going to miss it. (laughs) 
that was one of those you meet this the was person like, yes. at a vending event yes. and you're like, yep, that's this is the reason why I, can't, I yes. was here at this event. Absolutely. Awesome Thank stuff. you. Thanks for all your support. We are going to continue our conversation same time, same place next week on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.